to episode 74 of the Get Around Podcast. This special episode is our all-region hockey episode. We're going to go through our entire team, dream team, second team, honorable mention as a pre-release special to Sunday's print edition of the Record Eagle. That will be on newsstands March 31st for you to pick up. Uh, but if you're an Audible viewer of the Get Around, we like to bring that news to you early. You can share it with your friends and, you know, then you can go buy the paper Give it a Sunday. like, give it a thumbs up. That's right. That is the voice of Harrison BB from 7 and 4. He joins us in studio today. I as... realize you guys wanted Cassidy Cobb a little more, but uh, here I am. Yeah, well, in. you know, we, we've never asked her to be on the show. <laughs> She I mean, did listen to it last week. Even though, though even though Jake, uh, yeah, even though Jake brought her up before you, it's okay. You're, These things you're, happen. You, you still get the first invite for the co-host chair, and uh, also in the studio, James Cook, and I'm your host, Brett Summers. Jake Atnip has the week off. He is on. He's in Cancun, right? Furlough. Well, I think he might be planning a trip for Cancun because we just planned out our weekend and weekly schedules all the way through August. Oh, boy. And he is literally going to be off of work from June 20th until until July 17th which be like without you working la- a day. Which be like you at the second half of last year. Not quite. No, <laughs> Nobody's ever been gone this that long. I don't know. It seemed not, like not, you not were. Not my time here. <laughs> Usually I'm like November 17th to December 4th-ish. He's got like a whole. Well, July whole is a week, slow yeah. month, so he picked a good month to to check out. I don't know if I'd go to Cancun in July, but Mr. Jake Adam can do whatever makes him happy. Yeah, he's just gonna plan, try to find something to do, and uh, but yeah, he's not here. That's why wonderful Harrison Beebe joins us in studio, and as I said, it's our all region special, and uh, we'll have our usual segments, the get around Hall of Fame. A lot of research went into the segments this week. It's like it's like it's a slow <laughs> week or something. There was a lot of research. I mean, it was all last-minute research, but that's the best kind, right? <laughs> we're, we're just like you that's students. Almost all of our research. Yeah, we, we study for the test right before we're taking it. Um, we'll have a, another go-around just the second time of our Ath Tweet of the Week, uh, where we scour the Twitter sphere for something clever from uh, you know either an athlete we follow or In a this coach case, it or, was an insult. It was. To one of us. Well, I mean, I don't know if it was an insult so much as it was pointing out the obvious. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll get to that. And then the trifecta will, uh, even though this is a podcast dedicated to local sports in northern Michigan, it's our chance to revel in that first weekend of the NCAA tournament a little bit. So we'll get to that. And we'll get you fed. We will get you fed. I think James has uh, narrowed down our our field of Potential winners, our, our, yeah, our, our field of potential winners of two Jimmy John sandwiches for interacting with last week's show, so we appreciate that. And we've got another great interview for you later in the show. I'm not going to spoil off the top who it is, although I suppose it's on the cover art in SoundCloud, and so you already know. Uh, but uh, we will have our all-region hockey player of the year sitting here as our final reveal to cap off our all-region special. This 74th episode of the Get Around Podcast brought to you by Jimmy John's. Two locations in Traverse City. Freaky Fresh, Freaky Fast, Jimmy John's. Freak yeah. So, cue that Hockey Night in America music. I don't know if that's the thing. I think I hear the Zamboni running now. Oh, somebody fired it up in the... They're cleaning your carpets. (laughs) Brendan's actually operating it. 
Oh yeah, there he goes. Look at as he drives by He's the get so around happy. studio window. He's just waving. Crash crashing into Jordan. <laughs> but we're gonna go in reverse order with this all region hockey team. We're gonna start with our honorable mention list. Uh, we'll maybe throw a few tidbits, nuggets at you about particular players as we go on. But the first player on our honorable mention list is Trevor City Central freshman goalie Grand Newhart. He had a very respectable campaign between the pipes uh, for the Trojans this year, and while it was odd not to see them toward the top of the Big North Conference standings, you consider the fact that he was a freshman and the kind of numbers that he put up, the win-loss record wasn't uh, as outstanding as some others, but his save percentage, goals against average, he, he did some really quality things this year and earned this spot on the on the honorable mention team. Yeah, especially for a freshman on a team where he didn't have a whole lot of veterans playing in front of him either, playing in a very young team. It's going to be a difficult position to, to just to be in. Yeah, that experience is going to pay dividends in the years to come, whereas you might see Mr. Newhart climb into the second or potentially first teams in the next few years. And, of course, a former guest of the get-around. It's a pleasure getting to meet him have him on here. Uh, moving along, we got forward Tyler Essman of Traverse City West making this year's roster another freshman. Yeah, he, he led the Titans in scoring this year. Uh, down year for West, but certainly a bright spot for the future. And uh, joining him, a teammate, defenseman Nick Beeman. Uh, I believe he was a second-teamer on our all-region team last year. And, and he was one of those players that we really, really, really were thinking about putting on one of the teams this year as well. Yeah, it was a, it was a tough call between second-team and honorable mention. Uh, Beeman was the second-leading scorer behind Essman uh, for the Titans. Next we have Cadillac senior defenseman Austin Pendrick. Standing in the Big North, Sam Gorno, defenseman from Gaylord. He is a junior going on this year's honorable mention list. Another defenseman, this time from Traverse City Central, senior Jack Olson. Uh, he also is a returning member of the All-Region team from a year ago. And we have Potosky sophomore forward Derek Hebner, uh, one half of the Hebner duo there in Potosky that's had them scoring a lot of goals in the last couple seasons. Lethal. Yeah, Potosky looking great this year, making that run to the quarterfinals. Daniel Sisko making an appearance, the forward senior, uh, also on this year's list. Trevor City Central forward Carson Peters, who I think was in approximately 90% of the pitchers that I took whenever I shot the <laughs> Trevor City Central game this season. So you win player of the year for that award. Uh, then we have Bay Reps senior forward Jackson Ellis. Helping the reps there to, the, to reach the uh, state semifinals and the, the team's first trip to the, to the Final Four. Colton Hurst getting the nod uh, from Gaylord. He is a freshman, so another uh, young player in the Big North Conference to look out for in the future. And wrapping up our honorable mention list, the senior forward from Cadillac, Derek Tonello. All right, who's ready for those second teamers? Now, obviously, these, uh, these guys on this, li- on this list had uh, phenomenal seasons. Um, it really was a tough call, you know, breaking up the dream team and second team. There's only six positions available. Uh, they're broken down, as you would see, uh, a lineup on the ice, three forwards, two defensemen, and a goalie. Of course, we have a coach with the dream team. Uh, but, you know, this, this was tricky. These are all, I mean, players that had phenomenal, phenomenal years. So, getting started with the goaltender, Bay Reps senior Cameron Lannon. Landon won 12 games for the Bay Reps, including three shutouts. He posted an 89.5% save percentage and held a 2.43 goals against average. Then we have another Bay Reps player, senior defenseman Jonathan Adams. Uh, he 
goes to high school at Bear Lake, but plays in the reps co-op. Uh, Bonus points for the extra travel. Yes. Yeah. It's an hour, over an hour-long drive mm-hmm. for him every day to practice. Some serious well, dedication. two hours there and back. Yeah. Uh, he scored 29 points this season, 11 goals, 18 assists. Uh, pretty good numbers for a defenseman there. And uh, it just had a, had a really good season. I mean, he's a guy that you could probably put it forward, and he would fit right in there, too. He, he brings almost forward skills to the defense. Yeah, another guy you could mention in that same breath of air would be Ethan Vanderos, the sophomore t- from TST Central. High-scoring blue liner, recording 24 points on 10 goals, 14 assists, and he was a Division II All-State Honorable Mention. So Vanderos, another up-and-coming hockey player in the Traverse City hockey scene. He gets second team. I don't know if you just changed your voice, but I feel like you just switched over to TV Harrison on that one. You, you maybe, were, maybe you, I did. You were really projecting as you... I don't really think there's much of a difference, but <laughs> if you caught it, then oh well. I can do the next read as the Aziz Ansari voice, if that'll make it better. Okay. Maybe I just wasn't paying attention to, you know, the first five minutes that you spoke on this podcast. Well, I did I read know. off a piece of paper, so that's like a prompter. No, Maybe that's you where that didn't. Kicks in. Yeah, he did. We all are. That's okay. <laughs> no, this is all from memory. No. We know all Don't destroy numbers. the illusion. Yeah. <laughs> Our first forward on the second team, a senior from the Bay Reps, Logan Carey. Carey dished helpers left and right all year, telling 27 assists. He added 15 goals on what turned out to be a 42-point campaign. So big numbers. He was always in my highlights, too. It seemed like whenever I was at a reps game, Kerry, Kerry was getting a goal or at least an assist. So he was a big part of that team. You could tell if he was always involved in the scoring when I was there. Next up is Gaylord senior forward John Allen. Uh, he had a big season this year with uh, 43 points, 24 goals, 19 assists. He was named Division Three Honorable Mention All-State for the Blue Devils. And rounding out your second team would be Traverse City Central junior forward Charlie Douglas. Led Central in scoring with 25 points, 14 goals, and 11 assists. And, and seemed like one of the leaders on this team. And a team with one senior seemed like one of the other big leaders on this team as a junior. So uh, I know the Trojans and Coach Chris Givens are going to be excited to have Douglas back for one more year. No doubt about that. And we're to the dream team already. We're here. I knew this was going to go rather, rather quickly. Uh, but... We're going to kick the Dream Team off with the Coach of the Year, run through the other players aside from the Player of the Year, and end that way. Uh, but Coach of the Year this year, and maybe it's a, a bit obvious, that would be Bay Rep's Mike Matucci. The first-year head coach and former NHL player built immediate rapport with his players, uh, as you will hear in our upcoming interview on this episode. And uh, he led the Bay Reps to a 24-win season and the program's first appearance in the Final Four, uh, that being at the Division One level. Yeah, I was kind of wondering, uh, with Ryan Federenchik being gone for after two years with the team, I was wondering how that turnover and, and trans- transition, transition is the word I was looking for, uh, I was wondering how that would make this team look this year. Obviously, a lot of talent coming back from a year before, but whenever you get a new head coach, there's always some sort of changes that are in the works, but everything, what, 5-0 and start to the season, and, and it ends in the Final Four, so I say everything went A-OK on that department. Yeah, I'm not hockey savvy enough to break down the X's and O's per se, but I would imagine that the fact that Matucci was on staff with Federinchik last year, mm-hmm. yes, had to have helped a lot. And uh, you know, this is a program that over the last couple of years has made strides. And uh, I, you know, I don't know if you call reaching the Final Four a natural progression, uh, but you know, they continued yet again to get better and. Um, well, it was interesting, too. I asked the guys when I did the team preview a year ago. They lost that overtime game to West, 
in the regional, and then West went on to the Final Four. So I kind of asked him, did you feel like one goal going your way? Maybe it could have been you going to the Final Four. And they said, yeah, you know, maybe, but obviously that's in the past, and West made it. So now maybe their destiny was fulfilled just a year later here, finally making it. Yeah, I think that that experience factor that you talked about, that he was an assistant under Fedorinchik for a while. Before that, he was with the North Stars under Anthony Palumbo. I mean, so that's another you know good person to learn from. He's coached at the youth level, you know, in the GTHA and stuff too. So, uh, and as long as his long, long playing career he had in the minors and briefly even in the NHL. So he's had a lot to draw on. James, let's hear who our dream team goalie is. Petoskey's Tyler Lefebvre. Lefebvre won 16 games for the Northmen as their uh, their program just continues its resurgence. The last two years have probably been the the two best years ever for that hockey team. Uh, Lefebvre stopped 527 shots with a 2.35 goals against average and .902 save percentage. Those are all pretty, pretty darn solid numbers. Anytime you get a save percentage, it starts with a 9. That's pretty darn good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you really only had to look to you know the nearer, uh, nearer to us anyway, uh, big North Conference teams in Traverse City Central and Traverse City West who did not have uh, much success against Lafave uh, and the Northmen this year, and James, I think you told me that you know Petoskey's sweep over Central this year is the first time in your memory of that ever happening. It's the first before. time it's ever happened. It's the first time they'd ever swept them in the regular season, and then, you know they ended up. I think it was three times. They won in the, in the regionals right, too. Right. So they ended up winning three times over Traverse City Central. It's the first time they've ever beat them more than once in hockey, and I think the first time that they've beat them in maybe a decade. In, in, you know, in any game. And another, you know, telling sign of just the progress that Petoskey's made is they did have a game against the Bay Reps, which turned out to be a one-goal game. Uh, three to two, uh, the Bay Reps won, uh, but Lefebvre, I mean, even in the loss, kind of shined in that one. I think he, he saved over 93% of the shot attempts uh, that the Reps had on net, and God, I can't remember the raw number of saves he made in that game, but it was, it was impressive, and uh, you know he's only a sophomore, uh, so we'll see if uh, can, we'll see if Petoskey continues its rise next year. Yeah, it seems to be a trend with a lot of our non-Bay Reps players. A lot of them are younger guys, so we be familiar to seeing their names later on. But uh, going back to the Bay Reps for defenseman Chris Denowith, no shock to see Denowith on uh, the first team, dream team. He had a scoring punch to his savvy play as well, notching 36 points from the blue line on 12 goals, 24 assists. And the second team, All-Stater in Division One, showed a knack for high-level play on both ends. And you want to talk about another leadership-caliber player that was definitely Denowith, uh, as his brother RJ was a couple years ago with the reps. I know Chris showed that same type of mentality and I think is a big reason why uh, they made the run they did. Rounding out our defensive pair on the Dream Team is a sophomore from Petoskey. So, I mean, you're talking about two of the best players in the area, both very young. Uh, for Petoskey going forward. That is Andrew Van Antwerp. Uh, and, I mean, to be honest with you, he may have been uh, the player of the year in just about any other year, uh, if not for who our ultimate selection became. Uh, that's no slight to Van Antwerp, who had a phenomenal 2018-19 season. He recorded 48 points from the blue line, 18 goals, 30 assists. And I guess I need to take a little bit closer look at the All-State team because... Not sure how that winds up second team All-State as a defenseman, uh, but you know, phenomenal year for Andrew. Well, the reason why he got second team maybe was because of this kid, uh, 
another Petoskey player, senior forward Kyle Hebner, who also got second team. Um, it's a little hard to get two All-State players, so maybe uh, putting two up might have been the reason why they both got second team instead of one of them getting first or something. But Hebner also had a very good season this year, 47 points, one less than Van Antwerp, 28 goals, 19 assists, uh, returning member of our dream team. Um, and then uh, you know, he was also named Division II All-State. He's about... He's the main player that Petoskey's losing this season, so the other three or four Petoskey players that we've mentioned, all sophomores, so they look to be pretty loaded coming up. Yeah, he is the only returning member of our dream team from last year, uh, so congrats to Kyle. Before I hit the player of the year, Harrison, you got one more name to throw out there. I do. Uh, it was a line mate of the player of the year, this guy being Caleb Miller of the Bay Reps forward, sophomore, so he'll be coming back to give the Reps a punch next year. Scored 20 goals, 22 assists, Division One, All-State, honorable mention, and another gigantic part of, the, of that team that made the semifinals, and another guy that was seemed to be constantly in my uh, camera view when I was in attendance for Bay Reps games. Yeah, I mean, you know, the one thing you see with this Bay Reps group is they just were, and I think we talked about it on an earlier podcast perhaps, but they're just such a deep team. Like, I mean, even the second and third lines, you know, full of upperclassmen, guys who know what they're doing out there. I think it just paid dividends all the years they've had logging ice time. You know, these names look familiar to us because we've seen them for several years now, and all the hard work finally paid off in a great season this year, so it's great to see it happen. Yeah, that depth really, I think, does does pay off because, I mean, we saw, what was it, a year or so ago when Manistee had that one really high-scoring line with they had the, the three the three foreign kids. I think they were all foreign exchange students. Uh, and, and they were all putting up big numbers and everything like that, but they weren't getting any much production from the other lines, and they weren't that great overall. They were around 500. Can't, can't play a 47-minute Halloween hockey game, 51, 51 minutes. minutes. Yeah, can't play 51 minutes a game, unfortunately. <laughs> but when you can put those second, third, even fourth lines out there and and be able to count on them. That's just a huge bonus in, in high school hockey. And then that leaves our player of the year, who I'm excited to announce, our guest on this week's episode of The Get Around. You'll hear that interview coming up. Senior forward from the Bay Reps, Jake Stevenson. He led all area players with 56 points this season, 30 goals, 26 helpers. He was named Division I First Team All-State and, of course, we, we've mentioned it time and time again uh, with all of these reps players, but he was uh, a leader in getting the reps to their first Final Four in program history. So congrats to Jake. Uh, congrats to all of our Dream Teamers, Second Teamers, and those on the honorable mention. Uh, you guys have all had a phenomenal year to make the 2018-19 Record Eagle All-Region Hockey Team uh, one to remember. 30 goals, 56 points. Those are just both... Pretty damn astronomical. Pretty damn good numbers there. <laughs> yeah. Van Antwerp led the led all of our area players in assists, but uh, but Stevenson had the had the other two major statistical categories locked up, and uh, and not even that close really. Um, I mean the, the points was what by eight, and the goals was by two because oh, two because yeah, Havener that's right. Havener had, had, had twenty eight, yep. but. Uh, I mean, when, when you're looking at 30 and 26, too, the balance there is impressive because it's not like he's just the one firing all the shots on the net. He's scoring and he's, you know, helping guys like Caleb Miller, Logan Carey, you know, get their shots as well. Well, so. and he's had some big-time goals in the playoffs, uh, that game-winner in overtime. So, I mean, 
he clearly wanted that run in the postseason, and he showed it with his play. So I think that dictates being at the top of this food chain. The 2018-19 Record Eagle All-Region Hockey Team brought to you by Jimmy John's. Two locations in Traverse City. Order a tasty sandwich today with the Jimmy John's app. And with that, I can think of no better transition to our interview with our player of the year, Jake Stevenson. We were fortunate enough to have him in the Get Around Podcast studio last week, uh, a day before flying to the Bahamas. Uh, glad he could fit us into his schedule. He didn't schedule. want to conference call him in in the Bahamas? <laughs> that would have been great. For I don't think he would have wanted to conference <laughs> call in from the Bahamas, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, the, the money, the, the uh, expense on that might have been a little high. Or just, Roaming. you know, spending 20 minutes on a podcast instead of enjoying the Bahamas. There's that. Hey, I could have a phone call on a beach, you know, looking at the water and the sand. That wouldn't bother me too bad. But let's get to the conversation. I'm sure that's more exciting than any fantasies we wish we were at. Yeah, let's do that. Let's, uh, let's listen to that interview now. I'm very excited to welcome in the next guest of the Get Around Podcast. This the 74th episode and our all-region hockey special. And as you might have guessed, as we've rattled off, uh, the other players named to our all-region teams, uh, Jake Stevenson of the Bay Reps is one that we had not mentioned yet because he is our player of the year. And he joins us in studio uh, to talk about his season as well as that of the Reps as he guided them to the Division One state semifinals, the Final Four, and uh, was the leading scorer uh, in, among all area players this season. So, Jake, thank you so much for joining us in studio today. Thanks for having me. All right, so let's just talk about uh, the the season as a whole first. You guys do something that the Bay Reps have never done before in reaching the Final Four, and at the Division One level, no less. So, I mean, what what went into preparing for this season, you know, for everything to come together for you guys to reach that point? Just everyone really buying into our system and doing as our coaches are telling us and all the boys staying out of trouble and getting our schoolwork done and just really being a team about it, everyone buying in and doing what needs to be done and everybody doing their roles. Was this sort of the expectation if you guys did that at the beginning of the year that this was the point that you could get to? Or as the season went on, did you start to think even higher than maybe you were at the beginning of the season? Uh, our expectation is always to be the best because we all know how good we are and we all know on our team that we have the guys to do it, just whether we want to do it. And as I said, you led all uh, area players, at least in the Record Eagle coverage area, and scoring 56 points on the season, 30-plus goals, 20-plus assists. I mean, were you sort of looking at yourself as – you know, that go-to guy coming into the season, or was that a role that sort of developed once you guys finally started playing competition, uh, or, or how did that shake out? Uh, I think it just kind of started to click right once playoffs happened. Um, obviously, Logan Carey being another senior on my line, we both knew that this was our last year to do it, and we needed to make a statement, so we were talking a lot, just talking about what needs to get done and what we need to do to make sure our team's successful and so that way we can do our jobs. I think a lot of high school athletes, you know, when they become seniors, they feel that anybody's, anybody who has played sports has felt that. But for you, you know, coming into that final year, 
I mean, how much different is the sense of urgency even then as a junior, knowing that, okay, this is the last 20 times or 25 times or whatever it happens to be that I'm going to be on the ice with these guys? Uh, yeah, it's huge because, I mean, from day one, just knowing that I could only have 25 games and then be done for the rest of my life with, like, actual hockey, it's just it's insane to think about and scary. So it really puts everything in perspective of what needs to get done and how I need to do it. And you had mentioned that you were looking to try out for some some junior hockey teams to kind of to keep that going. Who are you uh, Who are you looking to play for next year? Um, I'm hoping to go to the NHL, the North American Hockey League, next year. But if that doesn't work out, there's a couple other juniors teams that I'll go try out for. So what is that tryout road like? I mean, when when do they start? How many different times do you have to, you know, perform before coaches or whatever to, you know, maybe grab one of those spots? I mean, what's the what's the process? What do you have to go through in, the, in this situation? Uh, I got to go to a skate, and then if, like, anyone can go to that skate, and basically if the coaches like you, then they'll invite you to the main camp, which is four days, and you go skate for those four days, and if they are doing what you need to do and they like that, then they'll take you on the team, and then from there it's just showing that you can play to the best of your ability every night. Has this been your goal, uh, and for how long, as far as you know, being able to go into the NAHL and uh, compete at that level? Uh, it's kind of always been my goal. My, my brothers and sisters gave up playing hockey past high school for me, so that way I could go on and play. And It being an expensive sport, it's hard to keep five kids playing at once, so... It was really nice of them, and I think it just really put everything in perspective for me that I'm the last one, so someone's got to do it. <laughs> where, where did you work your way up um, before the reps? Where did you play? Uh, I played at house hockey, actually, just like recreational, basically nothing big at all. Mm-hmm. And a lot, of, a lot of kids, a lot more, it seems like now, are, are working their way out of house. Yeah. It seems like the, the USA hockey program is making the house leagues way more competitive than they used to be yeah they're getting better i mean the travel divisions are definitely where it's at where when skill wise but i think house hockey is starting to develop kids more just fundamentals down so that's always nice to have so over the course of this season uh i mean what were the conversations like within the locker room as you know maybe early in the year, then the middle of the year when you're playing some of those holiday showcases, and then towards the towards the end. Were you, at all three stages, were you always looking to the playoffs, or, or what was the focus that sort of kept you guys progressing throughout the season? Uh, usually we just took it game by game, not looking past anybody and not just looking too far forward, just making sure that we're taking it day by day, whether it's in practice or during games or on the road or even in the off days we try to get stuff done whether it's coach texting us to do a quick workout on an off day or just trying to get the guys together to bond or hang out or something what would you say your specialties are on the ice i mean obviously you just look at the numbers at the end of the season you're obviously producing a lot of offense but how do you go about racking up the numbers that you did this year um, just kind of doing what my coaches tell me to do, but to be in those soft spots, the open ice where guys usually aren't at, and having Logan Carey and Caleb Miller on my line, we kind of all had our roles where 
Logan's kind of the grinder who goes in deep and pulls out the puck and then passes it up to me and Caleb and one of us will shoot. So that was nice that we all kind of accepted that and it just clicked. You guys progressed a lot over the course of the season, but as it specifically pertains to that forward line, what was the chemistry of it like at the beginning of the season compared to the end? And what does that chemistry allow you guys to do when you're playing together? Uh, so we didn't start out together, but, I mean, obviously you got to switch things up to see when something will click and when something really goes right. So we made it on a line one day, and things just started to flow, and everything was going well, and just never really stopped. One of our photographers, Jan Michael Stump, uh, plays on a, uh, a rec team with Caleb's dad. Okay. And he was saying, he was jokingly saying that he wishes that Caleb's dad was as good of a hockey player as Caleb was <laughs> yeah. for, for his team. So who, who on the team, had, whose dad is the best hockey player? Uh, probably Joey Matucci, his dad's our coach, and he played in the NHL, so I don't think he gets too much better than that. Does that sort of give coach some street cred or whatever you want to call it, you know, when he oh, yeah. when he takes over a program, yeah? Yeah, and he's knocked some knuckles in his days, so we've all seen the videos and know not to mess <laughs> with him at all. We don't want to get on his bad side. And he's a police officer on top yeah. of <laughs> he, He's got it all going, that's for sure. So, I mean, obviously you guys were having a ton of fun, especially as the season wound on, but, I mean, what what was sort of the dynamic of this group of guys? You know, you just mentioned Coach. You don't want to mess with him, but what sort of, I guess, mentality did he foster with the team as far as having fun but also making sure you get the job done and that kind of kind of thing? Yeah, I think it was just like... I don't know, the locker room this year was a lot more relaxing, like, take care of business once we're there, but have fun doing it, like, enjoy what we're doing there, and make sure we're not just taking advantage of what we have, obviously, being in the Red Wings locker room, it's amazing, and we were all so thankful to be able to use that and the facilities that they leave for us, and just... You know, really talking, making sure that, like, we're not just bottling stuff up and everyone's on the same page and not just yelling at each other, but just talking through some stuff. And when you hear, sometimes when you hear uh, NFL analysts talking about quarterbacks, they'll talk about, you know, oh, so-and-so has had three offensive coordinators in the last three years or something like that. And you've had three different head coaches in four years with the reps. How, how different is that? How how different is it from one to the other and just how big of a change is that uh the game is the same but yeah you know. it's been a wild ride I mean everyone teaches the game a little bit different and uh I think this year we had the team that we've always been looking for so that was a little bit easier and having coach Matucci as a coach he's very defensive minded which helped a lot because the games that we won we didn't really get scored on by much and uh Coach Fad was great to have just because he's a young, fun guy. He knows the game. He played for Central, and so that was always fun playing up against Central. And then having my dad as the coach is always interesting, whether it's the ride home getting chewed out or <laughs> just <laughs> kind of knowing that he's in the locker room all, all times and watching what I do and say. So it was always fun, though. Did you have to act better when your dad was the coach? Uh Kinda, I try to act the same no matter who's around, but I think it was a little bit more stressful when he was. 
So you you mentioned uh, playing central, and you know I, th- in my opinion, one of the coolest things about hockey within Traverse City is that it's pretty much the one sport where Central West and then the Reps, which has a lot of St. Francis kids, and obviously the rest of the the co-op, but. Everybody gets to play against each other, and it's sort of three teams fighting for those uh, bragging rights within town. How how intense is the rivalry among the three schools, or is it more friendly than anything? Uh, I just got goosebumps thinking about it, but <laughs> it, it gets intense just because we're all best friends, so it's kind of bragging rights once we're out of the rink, and just because we see those guys every day, I mean, they're our buddies too, and hard to forget about that but I don't know just it's like right once we're at the rink we flip a switch and we're on different teams now and gotta do it's gotta get done when I was talking to coach uh, Matucci and I think he maybe even coach Vidian um, they were talking about how you became a little bit more of a leader this year you know things are kind of more on your shoulders a little bit as one of the team captains and stuff and they mentioned one of the, the parts where you had really kind of grown up was maturity wise and mental wise and, and taking fewer penalties yeah how 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 is that process come along? I mean, you know, when, obviously when you're younger, you're maybe a little more aggressive and ended up in the box maybe more than you should. But how how do you change that? Going yeah, I, year? I don't know. I just this year being the last year, I mean, it really clicked that I got to stop doing dumb stuff and start doing what needs to get done. And having Coach Gene as a coach, he he said he was a lot like me when he was younger and. He always told he would just tell me to relax or just take a deep breath, close your eyes and just take deep breaths. So that really helped me a lot, just to gather my thoughts and really just slow down a little bit. Mm-hmm. How much? What did he add to the coaching staff? I mean, he's a guy you know that played in the minors with the with the Rangers and played with the North Stars way back in the day. So what does he add to the coaching staff? Uh, unreal offensive ability. He's He's on another level. Just watch him in practice and going like one on one with him. He's so good, and it's just amazing having that good of people around us helping us out, guiding us. Getting into the team itself a little bit, like who's the who's the jokester of the bunch? Uh, probably Logan K. He's a he's an oddball. We all love him so much, and he's just so funny to have around. Can you can you give an example of something funny that he did? this uh this past season let me think um i i i don't know i can't really think of anything something that doesn't violate fcc yeah (laughs) that's that's what i'm trying to think of i can't really think of anything that i can say what about uh your primary goalie cameron lannon i mean the goalies kind of always have this uh i guess this descriptor that Reputation. They're they're a little yeah. they're a little odd. Yeah. You have to be a little. Does he fit that? And and how how does he fit that description? Uh, he's a goofy guy. He's a little bit quieter in public and stuff. But if you get him in somewhere he's comfortable, he is so loud and just he'll make a scene wherever he is if he's comfortable with where <laughs> he's at. So uh, like one time we're in Denny's and uh, he's just throwing spitballs everywhere. <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> Um, it, you you talked about the defense earlier and and how Coach Matucci brings such a defensive mindset to the team. Where did Cameron fit into that <clears throat> as the goalie and and sort of directing what you guys did on that end of the ice? 
Uh, Cam always communicated a lot with us, whether it's a puck gets dumped in our zone and he's yelling and whether there's one guy coming or two or whether we have time or not. So that was always nice and just trying to let us know what's going on behind us when we can't see or if he can't see to move the guys out of the way. How much did it help you guys that um, you didn't just have one line? Uh, I mean, one line obviously did a big part of your scoring, but your second and third lines were were experienced players. You had a decent amount of juniors and seniors back there, so you know you could put your second and third line out there, and they're not gonna not gonna mess things up. Yeah, that was huge. Just comfortable factor. I think it was just not being worried about having guys go out and just like be like oh my gosh like they're out there up against those guys this isn't gonna be good or something but I don't know I just I don't think we had one bad kid on our team that we had to be worried like that mm-hmm. yeah it's nice to not come off the ice and then two shifts later you're down two to nothing yeah that's <laughs> huge um, one thing I, I was uh, I had read about you is that you wanted to become a drone pilot uh, yeah, I'm thinking about it. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's either that or going into business. So yeah, I got I got to look more into it. Those two are a little bit different. Where does the drone pilot thing come from? Ah, uh, I just think it sounds cool to be honest. <laughs> I think it'd be a cool thing to check out and go do. So that is a pretty cool job title. You don't meet a whole lot of people. At, hey, I'm a drone pilot. Yeah. So. Like, What's up? <laughs> <laughs> Any particular kind of drones, like military or just delivering Amazon stuff? Uh, <laughs> That's going to happen I in the future. Know. I think I think it'd be cool because I read a little bit on it, and they like use it for farming systems to make sure everything's growing well and going well. I think that'd be kind of cool to look into. So this interview almost didn't happen uh, because Jake is headed off to spring break or by the time you, uh, our wonderful Audible viewers are listening to this, he is on spring break. So where are you going? Uh, we're going to Nassau, Bahamas. Oh, There's a huge group, of guy, huge group of guys from our school going. So. That doesn't sound like any fun at all. <laughs> oh, not at all. <laughs> all senior guys? or Yeah, all senior guys are going. So who all is so going? Uh, Chris Dunworth from our team. Cam Landon, our goalie, is actually coming with me. Um, Jackson Ellis, Jack Bradley. Well, I guess Jack's a junior, but yeah, he's coming with us. So, so did you guys book a hotel, or are you just gonna live on the beach for a week? Oh, uh, we got we got a ton of condos on the beach, so it'll be nice. Have you ever been to the Bahamas before? Yeah, once, but that was a long time ago. Okay, so kind of a whole new experience this time around. Oh yeah. So like plans like snorkeling or anything like that or what's the yeah i think we're gonna go scuba diving actually and then go to atlantis for a day oh nice so that'd be sweet the big uh theme park thing right oh yeah okay wow that'd be that'd be sick yeah all right i'm jealous (laughs) (laughs) uh gonna be stuck here putting putting the final touches on the all region hockey team (laughs) yeah it's, I mean, it, that's fun, but it's not quite as fun as going to the Bahamas, <laughs> no. I'm not going to lie. No. It is that time of the program where we jump to the Freaky Fast Five, a nod to our sponsors at Jimmy John's. Five quick rapid-fire questions for our guest, Jake. And uh, I don't know what James has picked out here so far, but it uh, should be a little bit of fun, so I'll toss it over to you, James. Uh, let's see what you got. All right. What song would you pay to never have to hear again? Oh, what what is that? 
shoot. It's like, what does the fox say, that song? <laughs> I can't stand that song. Is there, any, is there any particular reason why? Did somebody overplay it? No, it's just such an annoying, useless song. There's, like, nothing to it. And I walk around out here playing. I'm like, why do you like that song? Like, I don't get it. I, I mean, I, I have not heard that song in a while, and I'm glad because I remember thinking the same thing when it was popular. Yeah. I don't know why anybody's still listening to it now. No, it's, it's ridiculous. If, if you could be any superhero, which one would you be? Oh, I'd probably be Iron Man, for sure. That fits with the uh, the whole why? drone thing. Uh, he's a rich, really smart superhero who basically doesn't have any powers, but he's a billionaire, so <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. That's, that's a power. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, which musical artist do you think is greatly overrated, aside from whoever does the Fox song? Uh, I, can't, I can't think of who it is now. Man, probably have to go with Drake, I think. Not a big Drake I, I agree with you completely. I All of his music sounds exactly yeah, the same. Yeah, it's way too repe- repetitive. If you were on an island and could only bring three things, what would you bring? Because you're going to be on an island. Oh, uh, well, some food, matches, and probably a hammock. Okay, so he's being completely practical about this. Yeah. All right. Okay. And number five. <clears throat> All right, this one's just kind of a weird one. If you could get rid of any one state in the United States, which one would it be and why? Uh, man, probably uh, Iowa. I feel like there's <laughs> nothing there. Like, you never hear, like, anyone excited to go to Iowa. Like, I don't know. I just feel like there's nothing going on there. And yet, for some reason, they get to go first in the primaries. Oh, I know. And they just be the center of attention. Ridiculous. And they have two, at least two teams in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, Iowa State's in there. Yeah, yeah. Iowa yeah. and Iowa State both made it. So, all right. Well, that uh, that wraps up this conversation with the Bay Reps, Jake Stevenson, our 2018-19 Hockey Player of the Year. Thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Another big thank you to the Bay Reps, Jake Stevenson, for joining episode 74 of the Get Around Podcast. That conversation brought to you by Jimmy John's, two locations in Traverse City. Jimmy John's spends six hours slicing and baking every day to make you a 30-second sandwich. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's, freaky yeah. That brings us to the Get Around Hall of Fame. We're going to have yet another induction, uh, only this time this is our first retroactive Hall of Fame induction uh, before spring sports get rolling. Now, maybe next week, maybe this will be the only retroactive uh, I think spot you'll get here. A, I think you'll get a couple of these. You know, the way the snow is melting. Uh, but teams, yeah, if, teams are purposely if scheduling. His, if history tells us anything. Well, teams are, late, as of late, scheduling later into April because they don't even want to have to risk the right. idea of rescheduling and setting up. Having said that, I heard Frankfurt's already trying to get some baseball games in next week, so maybe we'll get a couple, but i got to believe we really won't be full with stats and results until midway through April. 
and if a couple of teams are playing uh, and there's you know someone worthy, maybe we'll mix in uh, our standard candidate with Ooh, a couple, winter spring mix. Yeah, a couple, just like the forecast. Yeah, <laughs> just uh, just mix them in with a couple of retroactive ones because uh, there are a number of local athletes that, for whatever reason, did not make it into the Hall of Fame over the course of the winter sports season. After all, only one can get in each week. So uh, this week, each one of us will put forth one of those. Uh, particular individuals, and the entire class will be inducted into the Get Around Hall of Fame, the most exclusive club in northern Michigan. Harrison, why don't you get us started? I want to go to the Lake Michigan Conference. Uh, one of the first girls' basketball games I saw all year was when East Jordan played Mansalona. I think it was the first week of the year for girls. And uh, J- Jaden Weber, I believe the senior for the Red Devils, just put on a show in that game, uh, making any and all shots, setting up teammates. Uh, I don't know if she was ever up in the in the final three for you guys. It seems like she should have been if she wasn't. So when we were kind of rattling around ideas for, for retroactive nominees, I thought, well, you know, she always stood out to me as one of the best girls players in the area. I'm sure she'll be showing up pretty pretty well in the girls all region team when you guys release that but for now we'll, we'll definitely put her in for the retroactive hall of fame based on her efforts with the red devils uh having an impressive senior season for her and part of that famous weber family up there in east jordan yeah she's definitely deserving of the retroactive nod and uh yeah i saw her play this year as well and she actually kind of her style of play uh, reminded me a little bit of Jalen Brumfield from Kingsley last year. Mm-hmm. Yep, physical, aggressive. aggressive, great rebounder at the guard position, and not afraid to shoot. Just seemed to be a little faster than everybody else on the floor. Mm-hmm. A little, a little more into the game. So uh, yeah, that's a that's a good one there, Harrison James. Who do you have? Trey Gilbert from Bear Lake. Uh, he he led all of uh, the scorers in our coverage area at over twenty five points a game. Uh, hit a thousand points this season for his career with a fifty-point game, yeah. which was just crazy. Uh, I don't think that Coach Waller was expecting him to get. I kind of hope that they like didn't have anything ready almost, and we're just like, holy crap, he's going to hit fifty, and we're going to have to throw something together to, to honor him for a thousand. At least give him the game ball. Hopefully yeah. that happens. Gilbert was up for the Get Around Hall of Fame twice before, and uh, got outvoted both times uh once he was going up against Mancelona's Jaden Alfred and Leland's Olivia Lowe and the second time he was up against uh skier Hannah Shramsky from Trevor City West and TC Central's Tobin Schwanicky so uh, he definitely found himself against some stiff competition there but uh again another worthy candidate and then I am going to put forth Glen Lake's Reese Hazelton who almost unbelievably, uh, did not even have his name brought forward uh, throughout the winter sports season for the Get Around Hall of Fame. He, uh, his, his teammate, Xander Okerlund, I believe, picked up an honor uh, at the very beginning of the winter sports season. And, you know, just the way the chips fell, I guess, his name didn't come up again, although he had a fantastic season. Obviously, the Lakers' uh, year got cut sh- a little bit shorter than they were hoping against Traverse City St. Francis in the district championship game. But, I mean, Hazleton is hands down one of the best players in our coverage area. And uh, I think everybody will see that reflected when our boys basketball all-region team comes out, uh, I think, sometime in April. I think that's when it's scheduled to run. Yep. Well, that'd be a good bad thing is next week is April. 
That's true. Yep, that's pretty much already, the basketball team's pretty much already wrapped up. Can we ensure that uh, podcast is going to be as volatile as last year's Boys Basketball Dream Team podcast? I don't think it will be, no. <laughs> For some reason, probably not. Well, the reason is probably because Brendan Queeley didn't put the team together. That's probably the reason. Probably. Well, Maybe. James did vote for Brendan's <laughs> player, though. After he told me he was going to vote for the player I was putting up. I did? You did. I don't remember that. Hey, for those of you who don't remember, go deep dive back into that April 2018 Boys Dream Team. If you if you want to hear three grown men argue, that's a, that's a great listen. Yeah, we won't... Uh, <laughs> We won't kick a dead horse any longer on that one. Uh, no, I, it, it was fun. I think it, the it Dream was Team was pretty cut and dry this year. Well, I think that was one of your most listened episodes. It was. As well. So, hey, controversy creates clicks, right? That it does. Uh, but it was not fabricated. It was legitimate controversy. Like Don't look at me. I was on your side. We would never, we would never create clickbait I was for, on our, team Cade. for our Audible viewers. So congratulations to Bear Lakes, Trey Gilbert, East Jordan's Jaden Weber and Glen Lake's Reese Hazelton on Phenomenal Seasons and your induction into the Get Around Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. the most mm-hmm. exclusive club in northern Michigan. And with that, let's get to the aft tweet of the week. Uh, we introduced this segment a week ago. It's a look back at social media over the past week where we just try to find a message or a tweet from an athlete or coach or Somebody commenting on the local sports scene uh, that we find amusing, ironic, clever. Unfortunate. Unfortunate, yeah. And, uh, you know, this one, in the spirit of the NCAA tournament, uh, goes out to Glen Lake's Drew Peterson. He, uh, he was quick to point out, I think, God, it had to have been Thursday evening. Maybe it yeah, was. Yeah, because it was before Wisconsin even started playing. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah. It was, it was, and uh, but I had I had posted my bracket on my Instagram story, I believe. Drew Peterson apparently looked at my bracket and quickly realized Thursday evening, the first night uh, that games were being played, that it wasn't doing so well. So, uh, you know, he had every right to call me out, and he did so. He uh, he wrote, "Well, that BA sports writer bracket is messed up." with the uh, gritting teeth emoji. And uh, yes, yes it is. And that's all I'll say about that. Which is that. hard to do this year <laughs> because I think almost everybody's probably looking pretty good with all the chalk. Yeah, I had uh, Nevada in the Final Four. So that was a Thursday that loss. That didn't do you any favors. That didn't do me any favors. Uh, I think the first game of the tournament was Minnesota-Louisville, and I had Louisville. So in the final four? No, no, no. Just in terms of a game. But so the very first, you know, result on your bracket, I got wrong. Well, so that's not. not I a, mean, I had Louisville wrong too. No, but it, it's not. Shrug the dirt off your you shoulder, man. You want to start zero for one? I mean, who it's, cares? It's the first round. Nothing drastic. When you lost Nevada, yeah, yeah, that that is a heartbreaker. But I think my other three final four teams are still there. Like I could, I could maybe save this. Who's your a champion? Bit. I think that's probably Duke. Well, yeah, but if you're behind the eight ball of somebody else who has Duke, right. then you're kind of working from downhill. Yeah, my my other three Final Four are Duke, North Carolina, and Tennessee. That's what I've got. So, but yeah, thanks for calling me out, Drew. Appreciate it. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time Drew's been referenced for a Twitter-based uh, connection on the podcast here. So it's true. It's true. <laughs> is is a little beef with Jake? 
Beef with Jake, he unfollowed me, then followed me back. I believe him, though. I, th- I think it was an accident. I don't think I'm that and annoying. Then, and, then, and then after Jake jumped on him for I did recently have you, a Jake unfollowed him. I did him. recently have a girl I was seeing who we've since split up. She unfollowed me, and that kind of made me a little sad and upset, but I'll get over it. It's just an unfollow. It's just, a, it's just someone telling you they don't want to see what you have to say right now. That's all that is, guys. Sorry about that, buddy. <laughs> I'm okay. It'll be fine. <laughs> we need to bring Brendan's couch in, I think. BB's couch. A little more NCAA tournament talk with this week's trifecta. And I, you know, I just wanted to, you know, get a feel for what everyone's favorite moment was from the opening weekend because that Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday run is as good as it gets. It's pretty dull. Pretty dull this year compared to years past. But it was. But in general, but in general, those four days uh, are pretty. There's something going on at all times, noon to midnight. And even if you weren't having crazy upsets or a ton of buzzer beaters, you can't tell me you didn't love basketball that meant something being played from from noon until midnight every day for four days. So can I go first? You can go first. Okay. Uh, I got a tie, and the reason these stand out to me, obviously, you are wearing a tie. Thank you for pointing out the obvious. Nice tie with little turtles on it. Um, Obviously, I love Michigan State going to their first Sweet 16 in four years. That was really vital because we really needed to get out of that first weekend. Um, But ironically, two of my favorite moments the entire weekend were games that I followed not watching on television, even though I was in front of a TV for the majority of it. I was driving down to the girls' semifinals on Thursday and caught the tail end of the New Mexico State-Auburn game where Auburn almost blew that one and they fouled the guy to get the three free throws and then we made the two. And So that you're listening to that on the radio, you're like, how is that even possible? In that situation, how do you make that foul? So that alone sounded very interesting. And I also caught the end of the LSU-Maryland game on the radio too. But then the other game I'm thinking of last night, Sunday night, I'm at the movies, the new Us movie by Jordan Peele, and uh, I picked an awkward time to go because it was right at the end of Duke UCF, and so Brendan and my roommate and I are kind of sitting there refreshing our phones. Thankfully, it was during the preview, so we didn't ruin anybody's movie-going experience. Don't want to si- do that. Yeah. We're sitting there uh, refreshing, checking to see, is UCF actually going to pull off this upset? Is Zion really going home in the second round? Of course, they did not, but let me tell you, that is just as exciting to watch refreshing an ESPN Score Center app as it is probably to watch on TV. I don't know if it's just as exciting, but I'm sure well, but you we're, were, we're sitting here you were literally on the edge of your seat. Yeah, it, yeah, on a movie theater seat <laughs> because I'm about to see a horror movie and I'm about to see the horrible Duke Blue Devils go down. Yeah, the, uh, the moment I was actually going to go with is tied to that game as well, and I, I tweeted about it Sunday night, but as great, I mean... The end of the game was great, and you already spoke to it, even though you didn't see it with your eyes. But the quick little one-question sideline post-game with Coach K after that one was really cool because UCF's head coach is a former Krzyzewski assistant. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I have no doubt that Coach K was glad that they won the game. However... Based on his reaction, just sort of reading his body language, how he spoke after the game, I think he truly felt bad about winning that game. I, I really believe that he felt they did not deserve to win, that UCF did everything they could to win and should have won. Well, Dawkins is the coach's name, right? Isn't it? Yeah, Johnny Dawkins. Johnny yes. Dawkins. And yes. then his son was the lead scorer. Right. So Thir- I think over 30... Yeah, so you're points. not only punishing your former player, you're punishing your former player's kid who you have sympathy for. 
But at the end of the day, you're in the business of winning as well, so it's just one of those. Somebody's got to win, somebody's got to lose. There was a point where Coach K, I think he almost tried to go a little bit cliche and say, you know, I've been on the losing end before and I've, you know, been on the winning end. And it almost seemed like halfway through trying to explain that, he just was like, this is stupid for me to say. Yeah, I just, I've never like, been a nine seed. I can't but, claim to well, be. Well, no, situation. but it was like he just he felt that badly that his former assistant didn't win, that he didn't even want to put that out there because he just felt like it should have went the Knights' way. Now we'll see if the Knights hang a championship banner for yeah, it's round fanta- of thirty two champions yeah. well, for its fantastic performance. <laughs> And if UCF had pulled that off, that would have helped my bracket too. I didn't have UCF win in there, but I only have I had Duke losing next round. Okay, so, so I, Tech? Been, I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was losing this round, but it wasn't. I don't think it was to UCF. I, I mean, I wanted him to lose. The only reason I wanted him to lose was so Michigan State wouldn't have to play them. But having said that, I, I want Zion to be in this tournament as long as possible as a strict college basketball fan. I mean, yeah, he yeah. Is. We 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 know Tom Izzo's record against Coach K is not a not good, good one. Not good. One, one win. win yeah. One win and. 15 or so tries. But that'll make it. This sets it up. If they play Sunday, this could be the biggest. I didn't really watch a national championship game in 2000 much. So in my experience of Spartan sports, this could be the biggest win for the basketball program's history if they somehow knock them off on Sunday. James, what was your favorite moment? Um, I think the most memorable one for me is one that just got a lot of traction, which was the, the Tom Izzo, Aaron Henry Dust up, yeah, that got intense. <laughs> for everyone. that was yeah, that was pretty intense. I, 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 and the reaction on Twitter was just so one polar opposite. Uh, you know, you were either on one end, far it, end of the other. There it, wasn't. Like, it was so Twitter. Yeah, there was like nobody in between. Uh, it was just like ultra liberals and ultra conservatives. <laughs> did the Mueller, on, did the Mueller report come out? Uh, but I just uh, the reaction to it was just. Funny, you know, and I saw some, some reaction even on Facebook to the column that we ran not long after that. Um, you know, the the Paul Newberry column where he said that it was embarrassing, and and I think it can also be it being embarrassing can be different than it being bad. You know, it can be embarrassing because maybe it's not a bad, not a good look, but that's what Tom Izzo promises his players when he sits down on the couch and recruits them. You know, when he's sitting there and their families. You know, living like, you might get him. embarrassed, like, but you're going to learn something. No, he's like, I'm going to turn you into a man. I'm going to be hard on you. You know, and, you know, the coaching is not going to be. He's not an Uber players coach where he's just going to coddle you. He, everything is going to be hard, and and that's exactly what he did. And even Aaron Henry defended him afterwards. Oh, I, thankfully that put it to bed. I think when he yeah. quote tweeted like Chris Carter of all people, Chris Carter sharing yeah. an opinion on how what you just said is that that's his style of coaching. That's what he promised to do with that athlete, and that's what he told his, his family, that that's the type of coach he'd be, and then Aaron Henry just puts the bullseye, bullseye. emoji, and yep. that's it. And that appeared to put the problem to bed, because if the the player himself it did not take any offense to it, or the I think the even bigger story later is that Izzo wouldn't apologize. For what? So, I'm sorry for yelling for at what? you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry for coaching. Sorry for coaching. Was, yeah. was it, was it uh, you know, a little awkward to watch? Sure, we're not disagreeing with that. 
but at the end of the day, do, and does anybody on this planet really think that Tom Izzo is holding the serious grudge against Aaron Henry right now? <laughs> Especially now that they've won another game since then? Yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't have any problem with it. I've been screamed at by coaches before, and... It's uh, awkward, but I mean, it's, it's nothing personal. It's just it's it's like in the news business when we get mad at each other and we scream at each other in the moment because something got screwed up. We're not happy, but it doesn't mean we're taking this to our graves. I mean, man, Brett just really pissed me off today. I'm just not going to talk to him. Cool. It maybe would have been a good uh, candidate for F Tweet of the Week, except I don't remember who tweeted it. Maybe it was someone in the area. Maybe it wasn't, and then I couldn't find it again. But one of my... Uh, favorite reactions to it was because it was one of the it was one of the Drew Drew retweeted it. No, it was, <laughs> it, no, it was one of the post game sets, the one with uh Brendan Haywood and Candace Parker. And Candace Parker. And Brendan Haywood did not like it at all. He didn't like that Tom Izzo was wagging his finger in Aaron Henry's face. And uh someone like retweeted that video clip or something with the comment above it that said the only thing I learned from Tom Izzo's outburst is Brendan Haywood's soft. <laughs> Which I re- I thought that was really funny. And uh I mean my personal opinion is I agreed with that. But uh yeah, I didn't I didn't have a problem with it. Gets emotional on the sidelines sometimes. It's the way it is. Shows you give a crap. Mm-hmm. It's not like he's it's not like he's going full Bobby Knight. Yeah, that was the other thing. Like in this era of coaches not getting Called out for being way over the line. Yeah, and That's I saw it. people that were trying to compare him to Bobby Knight, and I'm choking like, out their own coaches. Yeah, and, and people were comparing Izzo to Bobby Knight after this, and I'm like, really? Do you do you know do you, what Bobby Knight did? Do you know nobody likes Bobby Knight? Bobby Knight doesn't <laughs> Bobby, even like Bobby Knight. Bobby Knight's been gone for too long. Yeah. Uh, if if that is evading the memories, uh, but I think, I think people just have this glorified version of Bobby Knight as like, I don't know. Kind of like people have of John McEnroe, where the after a while the yelling at umpires got funny, or something. After so many years after he retired, but it was his gimmick. That's the, what he was more than yeah. being a great tennis player. Is he was the guy that got angry and broke rackets. Yeah, and threw chairs. If you're Bobby Knight, giveaway. We've got one more order of business to take care of. Yes, a giveaway. James Cook, who is our winner? Lucky winner. Joanne Bartley from Frankfurt. All right, congrats, Joanne. Another win for Frankfurt this month. James will be in touch via Facebook. The Frankfurt people are active on social media. They are, well, they should be. They had a pretty fun month. They did. James will reach out to you through Facebook uh, to get your address. We will get those. Hopefully you're not in Cancun. <laughs> we'll get those Jimmy John sandwich vouchers out to you in the mail as soon as possible. Thanks for listening to the Get Around this has been episode 74. I've been your host, Brett Summers, at BA Sports Writer on Twitter, alongside James Cook, at JamesCook14, and Harrison Beebe from 7 and 4, at Harrison Beebe. Thanks for listening. Have a good one. Yeah.